Welcome to Building Forever, a DBS Group podcast where we explore how we're creating a positive, lasting impact on the world around us, an impact that will endure well beyond the discovery of our lost diamond. Hi there, my name is Jackie Mapilogo and I'm your host. On this, our first episode of Building Forever will be focusing on the topic of accelerating equal opportunity, one of DBS's four Building Forever pillars. There are sadly still huge barriers that get in the way of progressing to a future that is fair and equal for all, and that means action is more important than ever. In a moment, we'll hear from Katie Ferguson, our Senior Vice President of Sustainable Impact, and Dinal Limbachia from UN Women's He For She team as they discuss with my colleague Al how together we're committing to making a difference in this space. And stay tuned later to hear from our Head of Equity and Inclusion, Shahila Peruma-Pillai, as she answers one of the burning questions asked at our Accelerating Equal Opportunity live Q&A. For now, over to you, Elle. Thanks, Jackie. Katie, Dinal, welcome and thank you so much for being a part of the Building Forever podcast. Lovely to have you here. So before we dive in, Katie and Dinal, please tell us a little bit about what you do and why you're so passionate about this topic. Uh, Dinal, I'm looking at you first. Hi, Al. Thanks so much for, for having us. Uh, my name is Dina Limbatcher and I manage all partnerships for UN Women He For She. So that includes our presidents, prime ministers, global CEOs like De Beers and our academic institutions. Um, for me, I am particularly passionate about this uh, topic um, from a personal perspective you know I'm, I'm Indian and, and with that culture comes a whole set of norms and, and stereotypes and, and some that I don't always agree with especially when it comes to the role of women and so you know I like to think that with this with this work and with this job that I'm slowly you know doing my own part in challenging those stereotypes um, and then you know with my previous background uh, in management consulting I shifted over to do a master's in computer science and for me that was my first experience of um, looking around and not seeing very many women in the classroom and so uh, you know really tried to understand what were the barriers for, for women specifically in the technology space and so you know that's an area that I'm particularly passionate about and, and again hopefully through this work is um, you know sometimes feeling bogged down in, in emails that ultimately they're leading to uh, a positive change uh, for, for the world. Perfect thank you and Katie? Thanks, Al, and great to great to be here chatting with you guys today. Um, so I'm Katie Ferguson. I lead our sustainable impact team in De Beers. So my team leads, shapes, and leads and embeds our building forever strategy and uh, and goals across De Beers. Um, and I am incredibly passionate about this. Not not just about. Um, uh, gender diversity, although I did do my master's on gender and development. So this this started a long time ago for me. Um, but inclusion and diversity more broadly as, as well. And I just, I think it's so such an underestimated enabler of everything that we are aiming to, to do as a company and as a society um, you know, in in a even more so in the fast changing, you know, complex, uncertain world of of today, having that diversity of views coming together, you know, taking a more innovative approach to 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 find the solutions, 
um, is just going to be such a key to our success as a, as a business into the future, but also for the communities and the countries that we partner with. So um, I think this is, this is something that we need to keep, keep prioritising and, and keep the focus on. The World Economic Forum 2020 Gender Pay Gap Report suggests it's still going to take nearly 100 years to reach global equality in the workplace from a pay perspective across genders. Oh, I mean, that just feels like a really long time and a lot of work. So how do you find the energy to keep talking about this when targets like these are so staggeringly far away? What motivates you? We we have to. We don't have any other choice. I think this message needs reiterating over and over again, um, despite, you know, when you hear things like over 40% of people believe that gender equality isn't an issue anymore, and it absolutely is. And so I think we just have to keep hammering this home as, as annoying as it might be sometimes. Yeah, and I mean, I couldn't agree more with that, um, Denal. And I think, you know, that World Economic uh, Forum report was talking about that's, you know, the the amount of time it will take to actually make any progress if we don't do anything differently. And I think it was a really important yeah. wake-up call. I've, I've heard that report quoted many times, including by our, our CEO. Um, and I think what it was saying was this doesn't just happen. You know, as Denal was saying, it takes really proactive and sustained focus um but the reason I'm so passionate about this and I know you know we're talking about gender equality today I think this applies across broader you know inclusion and diversity um more broadly as well you know we're living in such a fast-changing world we've got all of these you know big big challenges and um you know we're not that we're not going to be able to solve them doing things as we've done them in the past we, we need new solutions yeah. And so diversity of views is just going to be absolutely critical. Um, you know, it's critical for the world. It's critical for us as a business um, to be sort of thriving, innovative, productive, resilient into the future. And, you know, for all of the, the communities and the partners that we work with. So um, and I think, you know, it, it does. There's no silver bullet. But if we look at what we've achieved in De Beers over the last three years, um, you know, in three years, we've gone from no women on our executive leadership team to 46%. We've gone from 17% women in leadership to 30%, 24% women overall to 27 since we've partnered with, with he for she um, And, you know, that's a start. There's a lot more to do. And, you know, the challenge is sustaining it. But, you know, it's, it's, it, can, it shows you what can be done when, when everybody gives yeah. it real focus. And it makes good business sense too, right? I think this is the thing that sometimes people can feel alienated when we talk about gender equality because they think, well, we are equal. Just to your point, Denal, you know, 40% of people think we are equal and think that nothing else needs to be done. But actually, yeah. it is so much more than that because it does make really good business sense when you have the right people in the room and a good diversity of voices. Um, I actually want to talk about what some of the things that UN Women and De Beers is doing to address this. Emma Watson, in her famous UN Women speech, talked about how men and women are disassociating themselves from the word feminism, as it's become an unpopular word. She said, too strong, too aggressive, isolating, anti-men and unattractive. But while we're struggling for a uniting word, we do have a uniting movement, he for she. So let's talk about that commitment. Danal, can you tell us a little bit about how and why he for she was created by UN Women? 
De Beers has been a he for she thematic champion for a couple of years now and, uh, you know, looking forward to working, to continuing to work together for the next couple of years ahead. And uh, in the same way, we partner with around 30 to 40 others uh, across government, private sector and academia to, to really drive progress in very critical areas such as representation of women and leadership, such as gender-based violence, such as equal pay. Um, and so, you know, what we've been able to do with De Beers is, is, is really progress some of those areas in a really significant way. And as Katie said, you know, it's, it's when you have uh, when you see these reports that say it will take over 250 years, it's really overwhelming. You have no idea, you know, it's very easy to give up then because then you think, well, what's the point? You know, whatever I do, it's it's not going to make any difference. But what we've been able to demonstrate with our partnership with De Beers and, and with others is that when you have the right leadership, when you have the right dedication, when you have the right commitment in a very short space of time, you can start to see those numbers change in the right direction. You can start to see behaviours change. And that's ultimately what we want to, to see. And so, you know, really looking forward to continuing to, to, to do that and to be able to demonstrate that when you have those right ingredients in place, then you can see the change and the progress start to happen that, that we also desperately want to see. Thank you. And, and Katie, I mean, could you tell us a little bit about why De Beers became that champion and what the company really committed to and why it's so important to you? You know, the reason why we partnered with, with you and women and with, with He For She uh, was that it gave us, you know, it, it, it forced us to make a public commitment um, around parity and there is nothing like a public commitment to galvanize a company yeah. uh, towards <laughs> towards something um, and we've got such a diverse value chain in in De Beers you know we go from exploration and and mining all the way through to to retail uh, that there are not many issues that are you know common sort of challenges or goals for the whole value chain and so it was quite incredible to see the entire company, you know, galvanise around this goal. Um, and that was, you know, that that really was because of he for she and, and because of the, the partnership with you and women, which everybody was just, you know, incredibly proud of. I think the other thing is that, you know, he for she is all about creating a platform for everybody to become part of the solution um, and for men to become a very, very valuable part of um you know not just the conversation but actually accelerating on the um on the solutions and um, you know with most of our workforce being in mining mining being you know historically being a male dominated sector and that's changing now which is fantastic um but it really invited you know the men across the organization to understand their role but you know we've had so many men who were just waiting for the opportunity to become visible champions on this so uh, and and that has then extended into our communities as well and you know men as role models within our communities so that has been absolutely fantastic and you talked a little bit about um how making a public commitment is is going to drive some action but uh, I mean Danelle how, how does UN Women hold De Beers to account on that progress? Yeah it's a, that's a great question and that's something that we're very proud of that we try to do a little bit differently is that um, you know this is this is not a box ticking exercise it's not a PR exercise to say you know uh, just to make a, a statement and then walk away and nothing really substantial happens. Um, we 
work with each of our partners to make tangible commitments, ideally with a parity indicator, so to reach X percent by X time, um, so that we are you know, uh, very clearly working towards a significant goal. We do uh, annual reports as well. So for the last couple of years, we've been able to see how the representation of women is changing or not in some cases uh, with these organizations. And so really holding them to account um, we have an annual event on the sidelines of the UN General Assembly every September, um, uh, just around the Hifushi anniversary as well. And so that is an opportunity, and again, a public opportunity to come on stage and say, what progress, what have you been doing over the last 12 months? And so that's a very regular um, moment where, you know, from from a peer-to-peer perspective, these champions, you know, want to be able to say that they have made positive progress. And we also want to hear that as well. We want to know that we have brought these individuals together to, to move those uh, numbers forward in the right way and to see progress happen and to be able to demonstrate as a group that when we do this, and, and like I said, with the right ingredients, we can start to see this shift um, happen so there's a couple of ways that we that we do that and that data is very interesting and it's uh, you know the stories and the work that everybody does is is great um, but the the data really adds that quantitative element to it to be able to see at a very clear level okay how many women are now at board level okay, what changes have happened in your leadership? And, uh, you know, it's, it's very clear for everyone to see. So that's that's one of the great ways in which we have been able to see that, that change is, is happening. And, and under the umbrella of, of he for she and knowing that, you know, your CEO is is going to be on stage in, in 12 months' time, it's, you know, hopefully it's it serves as a bit of a nudge to, to get moving as well. I'm just thinking as well about the the other companies attending that event and listening to some hero stories and actually if they've got a particular nut that they're trying to crack but another another company has sounds like a great great place for collaboration as well yeah no it, it absolutely is I think they're invaluable I think as Danal says there's the the sort of annual public event um at the general assembly which is just so inspiring I mean we all walk out of there um, absolutely buzzing. You know, as we said, there is no silver bullet. So everybody's working and trying and piloting, you know, different things all the time. And the great thing is we we don't all have to just duplicate, you know, we, the idea is that we it is an accelerator. So we are all, you know, developing solutions, looking for areas that we can support each other. Um, and I think that's, you know, that's just been a really, really valuable part of the partnership for us. Yeah, I would just add to that as well, that it's... Um, uh, it's it's not easy uh you know this is not it's not an easy topic it's not it's not easy to get people excited about this internally and externally and so uh and and with that you know it comes challenges and so with this with the impact lab group it's been a great way to to share those challenges and to learn from one another and you you talk about you know it's not easy to get people interested in this why <laughs> 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 I mean, is it is it down to the fact that it's not bottom line stuff? Although it actually is if people dig into the issues a little bit deeper. But if it's not kind of 
obviously affecting the bottom line. Is that part of the challenge, part of the reason to get people interested in this? Is it that feminism is is too old and outdated as a word? I mean, what is it? I think it's probably a combination of all of those things. And, you know, Katie talked earlier around uh, just the world that we're living in right now. And attention is the new currency. Wherever you can get people's attention, that's it. And, and really, you only have it for 15 seconds at most these days. And so we are constantly fighting for people's attention. And uh, gender equality is one, or gender inequality is, is one of so many topics that, that we as a society are facing right now. We have climate change. We have, uh, you know, so many major issues happening around the world. And, and actually what's interesting is that gender equality in addressing that can is is generally the root cause of many of these issues so by addressing that you're actually alleviating some of the wider issues but i think we have yet to kind of make that point as a as as well known as it as it should be and so when you think about climate change you know you know that as an individual you should stop using plastic water bottles for example um but then when it comes to gender equality, you don't really know what you as an individual should be doing. Okay, maybe I'll, I'll call out sexist comments every now and then, but what, what else should I be doing? And, I, and that's one of the things that we're trying to address with, with He For She and, and this Champions Initiative is to try and reduce that inertia of, okay, I know that I believe in this and I want this to happen, but I don't know what I should be doing. And so with these partners... We are going to be releasing over almost 40 solutions for uh, some of these big issues around gender equality so that hopefully no longer can anybody say, I don't know what to do, because we're going to give you the tools uh, and the solutions to take that, that action. Yeah, and I think just to add to that, I mean, we we didn't find it hard. I think once we've made the business case within De Beers, um, and it's so clear. There's so much research now, as you said, Al, on, on the on the you know the business case for greater diversity. Full stop. Um, and gender diversity certainly is a significant component of that. And then you know if you take the fact that 95% of consumers of diamonds are women or wearers of diamonds are women, um, and then you know we we are continually needing to. Um, you know, to be able to show our positive impact for the communities and the countries where our diamonds come from. And so gender is such a strong thread all the way through those, you know, key strategic um, objectives for us. I think the challenge is, as Danal says, you know, in a in a world where so much is changing all the time, uh, faster and faster, it's maintaining that clarity that you know, greater resilience comes from greater inclusion and diversity. So, uh, but, you know, it's, it is some, it's, sometimes I think you can get complacent when there's been good progress because you can think, okay, well, that's, that's dealt with. <laughs> that's happening. So I can put yeah. my attention somewhere yeah. else. Um, and then sometimes it's just, well, you know, for example, we're in a global pandemic and other things are priority right now. And I think it's just making sure, you know, that you keep the conversation dynamic and engaging and relevant and keep linking it back to those, you know, to, to the context, to what is going on um, around us. And you've both said that the world is such a fast place now. And that's why I, I particularly like the language around this about accelerating equal opportunities. So, yeah, we know the world's fast. So actually we're accelerating what we're doing 
to, to keep up with it and press ahead on, on this really important topic. Um, Katie, I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit about some more of the work that De Beers does. Um, for example, Iwomi, so accelerating women-owned micro-enterprises. Yes, very good. <laughs> got the got the acronym. Um, yeah, so this was part. This is part of our um, partnership with UN Women. Really key part. Um, so working with the UN Women's team in Southern Africa, um, we co-designed a program. Which I mean, so as De Beers, we've uh, long had for decades. Um, programs that support small and medium-sized enterprises uh, around our operations. It is mostly women who are employed in that sector, above 80% are women, and that they are absolutely the backbone of community resilience, you know, particularly in, in times like now, um, where, you know, the consequences of, of the economic lockdowns and so on. So there's a really significant opportunity to support those women. Um, and so Awome uh, is a train-the-trainer program. So it, it provides sustainability by training local trainers who will then continue to be in the area to provide um, sort of modules of business training for these women. And they have a whole range of businesses from, um, you know, kiosks to childcare businesses to mechanics, uh, just very, very diverse, um, but all facing quite similar challenges. You know, um, they there are many female-headed households, even if they're not, the household tends to depend on them, um, but not just for income, but also they're the main carers, they're, you know, the, they're running the household, they're look, looking, they're looking after parents, they're looking after children. They tend to have less access to capital, less access to transport, um, and they're less likely to take risk because they're, you know, precisely because their households and communities depend on them. Uh, so they're less able to, but that doesn't support them in terms of, you know, being entrepreneurs. So Awome is about the business training, marketing and, and accounting and stock taking and so on. But it's also about ongoing coaching and mentoring. So these local trainers, uh, you know, keep keep in, keep following up by one on one sessions with the business and also bringing the groups back together. Um, and they they uh, connect the women so that they've got peer networks of other women who are going through the same challenges and they can help each other out and also provide that sort of emotional support that they didn't you know, they weren't getting anywhere else. Um, so the program's already trained over a thousand women across South Africa, Namibia and, and Botswana, uh, and we're aiming to reach 10,000 women by, by 2030. Um, but the community impact of this, uh, you know, really is, is very significant. It sounds like real grassroots stuff and stuff that, you know, perhaps isn't often thought about when people think about the big challenges when it comes to getting women into industry, but actually supporting them to, to create their own micro enterprises. It's just incredible. So impressed. Um, I want to talk a little bit about UN Women and DeBiz. So how, how really does the partnership benefit both parties? And have you found any challenges to taking action together? This is where we get honest now. <laughs> I know, I know. I hate working with Katie. <laughs> no, joking, joking. Um, I think, I honestly think uh, our partnership with De Beers is probably one of our most successful. And in, in two ways. I think we are very lucky to be working with someone like Bruce, the CEO. I think he... Uh, 
very regularly and publicly champions gender equality and talks about this at every opportunity, which is fantastic. Um, and I think as an organization, have you've done a great job in integrating this messaging that it's not only that it just sits with HR and it's a very boring topic and everyone has to do random training once or twice a year and, and that's it. Everyone's gender equal. I think it's, uh, you know, you've done a great job of really integrating this into the DNA of the organization, that it's 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 just who you are as, as a business. Um, and that's been incredible to see. And I think other partners have also been able to learn from. I think in terms of challenges, I wouldn't say challenges, but I think areas where we can probably improve is just having uh being able to to grow our partnership uh across the globe so that we are connecting more deeply with uh a different debates locations in UN women country offices we have 92 country offices and so there's there's such an opportunity to to take the work like the Awomi program for example and and kind of take that blueprint and uh, you know, place it in, in other parts of the world where they could really benefit from a program like this and the learnings that more importantly that have come from it. So I think um, things like that we can we can we can definitely do more of. Uh, and you know, we uh, have just renewed our partnership for another five years, and so hopefully uh, that gives us a, a good runway to, to to build on on some of those aspects. Yeah, fantastic. Um, and I think, I mean, from my perspective, I, I think it's just been a, you know, it's such an important um, partnership for, for us. Um, it's personally really important for, for Bruce, as Danal said, he's very, very committed. Yeah. Um, but I think right the way through the organisation and right the way through, you know, across our, our value chain, people are very, very proud of it. And, you know, we talk about it all the time. It's constantly on the on the Exco agenda. And I think, you know, as I said, I think the partnership really motivates us to continue to stretch ourselves, you know, to not get not get complacent. Um, and it provides that sort of source of expertise in those networks, but also constructive challenge. You know, um, I think that's really important. You can sometimes within an organisation go, oh, look, we're doing pretty well. And it's quite good to have somebody externally saying, this is a big challenge, guys. There's a lot, there's a long way to go. Um, and so you both sides need to be willing, you know, if something's not working, then you need to, you know, discuss that and, and pivot. Um, or if the external context changes, such as a global pandemic, then you, yeah, yeah. you know, you need to go, right, what's the impact of this going to be? And, you know, what, what do we need to prioritise now? What do we maybe need to, to shift? And, you know, um, and I think we've really developed a relationship where of sort of deep trust and ability to communicate um, where we're able to do that. Uh, and that that really brings, I think, a whole different level to what a partnership can achieve. Many people are trapped in their homes with an abuser and lockdown has held a mirror up to this ugly truth. These are people we know, their parents, their siblings, their colleagues, their children. Let's talk about the reasons for the rise and why we need to work on these issues across the world. Many more people have started to notice, okay, this is a big issue. You've seen major increases in calls to to hotlines, to to the police, you know, for for support. Um 
there's lots of uh, technology-based solutions that are available these days where, you know, you could download a, a weather app, but it's actually, you can take pictures and record audio, etc., or get, get support and resources via that as well. There's been massive increase in downloads of those kind of support services. So all of that is telling us that this is just getting worse. And, and obviously, like you said, um, uh, people have been trapped indoors with their abusers with, with nowhere to go. With education comes learning and new perspectives and different opinions and, and, and questioning of, of those stereotypes. And so when we don't have those things, I think we revert to the things that we know, of course, and, and sometimes they might be negative and we don't know that or we're not aware of it. And so those reasons have always been there. And, and I think, like you said, the pandemic has just put a massive magnifying glass over it and, and people, many more people have gone, OK, this is this is actually bigger than than we thought. And it's actually getting worse now as well. There is a a very strong moral case and a very strong uh, economic case for addressing this um, this issue. Um, I mean, it, it, it was absolutely one of my proudest moments at De Beers when, you know, we went to our exco at very short notice and said, you, you know, this is absolutely horrific. And the, the, you know, the increase in reporting, even if that was considered to be underreported, you know, yeah. in, in across geographies, uh, you know, during the pandemic, we need to make this part of our COVID response approach. Um, and we've got a proposal. We worked with UN Women to identify 17 organisations, grassroots support organisations, you know, from infrastructure and hostels and shelters to counselling lines, uh, to radio stations who were doing shows with men as role models, you know, against violence. Um, and, um, uh, you know, RX co-approved the, the funding for, for this, you know, immediately. We, we've just launched um, a policy to support uh, employees who are um, victims of domestic violence um, to support them with with uh, you know time off or flexible working or accommodation um, or support for their children what you know what's needed in each situation it's so interesting as well because when you think about um, the psychological element that comes with domestic violence any domestic violence and actually workspace is cre uh, creating a safe enough place for people to be psychologically safe at work and open up about this stuff it's it's incredibly important and incredibly empowering when when people really take action on this and and as you said Katie employers recognize their role in this is not to be a silent observer or hand people over to the employee assistance program it's much more active than that absolutely and that's not you know as we said at the beginning that's a really challenging issue. And so, you know, we're making sure that our line managers and um, HR teams are, are, have the training and the support that they need as well to be the people that, you know, people come to and the first, those first responders. Um, because, you know, you can't, you can't just put a policy in place and, um, and, and that's it, you know, tick, job, job done. You know, you're always yeah. making sure you really, really do understand the issue in depth and people have got the support that they need um, to be able to uh, to be part of, of you know, um, providing support, tackling tackling some of the more difficult topics around this and, and to encourage courageous conversations. Like you said, you know, encourage people to feel psychologically safe to have courageous conversations because a lot of this is about challenging our own biases We've all got them, um, and uh, yeah. you know the important thing is to is to be self aware and to be open to to learn.
What's interesting to me is your, your comments on this not being a tick box exercise. I mean, you've just signed up for another five years partnering with UN Women. That That is dedicated commitment to, to delivery on this. Um, I guess, what do you want to see in the next five years? And what are the challenges that you'll face to your success? Well, I think from a De Beers perspective, um, you know, we want the to make sure that the partnership is, you know, keeps pushing us. Um, you know, we've set some new goals for 2030 now as part of our Building Forever uh, strategy. Um, they're not going to be easy. So, you know, what we're focusing on in this next phase of partnership, we know that our our big challenge is around women in technical roles and, you know, the pipeline into that. And if you think about those fields across, you know, sort of science, tech, engineering, maths, and you think about the future of work, you know, if we don't have more women women in those roles, um, you know, firstly, it's going to be a very, very non-inclusive future world. Um, and, you know, we're not, we're not going to thrive as a, as a business and, uh, you know, as, as the communities and, and countries where we, where we operate. So um, that's a big, a big focus area for us over the, over the next five years. And I think a really exciting one. Um, and then I think the challenge is, you know, we've, we've come back to it several times. I think it's keeping everybody really focused on how important this is to everybody's success. You know, a more inclusive, diverse world and workplace is a better place for everybody. Um, you know, it's more resilient, it's more innovative, it's more productive, um, definitely a lot more fun, surely. With the right dedication, with the right leadership, with the right drive uh, internally and externally, that this is possible. And we really hope that others will will look at what De Beers and our other partners are doing to, to say, okay, you know, I, I can do this as well. And it, it's my responsibility to, to do this and to, to look at the areas where I can make the most change and, and start to address those. I would like to add, I know that, you know, since we launched Building Forever, we've had lots of employees getting in touch um, to ask how they can get involved, which is fantastic. And I think, you know, some of the goals will, you know, there's less opportunity, um, you know, beyond a sort of small, small group to be involved. But this is absolutely one where we will not achieve this unless every single employee is actively, you know, thinking about it all the time, you know, running inclusive meetings, ensuring colleagues are psychologically safe, listening to understand different points of view, um, challenging each other in recruitment and talent management processes, you know, just calling out in a, in a really constructive way, unconscious bias where we see it, um, supporting one of our colleague networks, joining signing up for mentoring programs either as mentors or mentees you know there's lots of opportunity to to get involved and be part of of building a more inclusive and diverse uh culture and i'd really like to encourage you know everybody to to um to understand their role in that Sinal, Katie, thank you so much for being part of the Building Forever podcast. Some really interesting reflections and I hope that everyone got a lot out of it. I certainly did. Thanks so much. Thanks, Al. It's been really fun. Thank you. And now to your burning question. The topic of accelerating equal opportunity is clearly on people's minds as we heard this from one of our listeners. Do you think the issue of gender parity will ever be resolved for organisations like the Beers Group? Where's the logical endpoint? Well, it's a great question. So what's the answer? We asked our Head of Equity and Inclusion, Shahila Paramalpalai. I'm sure there are many opinions on this question, but I'll tell you what I believe. 
We can achieve what we have targeted as levels of representation of women and men and build a pipeline of talent. I've seen the progress we have made over the last four years. I've seen the energy from our partners and the teams and the mentors that have been involved so far. That potential is real and I can imagine that future. But as an organisation and globally, there will be many challenges ahead and we might not always make the straight line progress we intend. So we have to stay deliberate to be on track. Is that a resolution? It's exciting to know I don't have an absolute answer on that. The way we adapt in order to achieve gender parity will benefit everyone and that gives it sustainability. But I don't think that means there's an end point. I have no doubt the conversations around gender, intersectionality and inequality will keep evolving. What we develop together as our culture will keep adapting and there will be concerns and issues we have to address for all genders. That work on challenging stereotypes, that's going to keep going. Thanks for tuning into Building Forever, a podcast from De Beers Group. Ethical practice, thriving communities, equal opportunity, and the natural world are topics teeming with questions. If there's something you think we should discuss in a future episode, do get in touch with us. You'll find us at De Beers Group Communications at DeBeersGroup.com or reach out on Twitter at the Beers Group, using the hashtag Building Forever. Until next time.